Welcome to the Editor's Note Comics Podcast. I think that this world, it needs men that are willing to make the hard call. Central Maine's best comics podcast, by default. Ain't no thing like me, except me. Here are your hosts, Zach and Jared. Matt's coming. No. When do we start? Hey, welcome back. Happy May. Do you want to get slapped? Yep. I know you want to do it. I'm not going to do it, though. <laughs> now that the threat of violence is upon you? Yes, pretty much. <laughs> no in sync for you. No. I had to think about which one it was. I can never remember. It was in sync. It's Justin Timberlake. But hey, we're back uh, for only one review this week. I, I know. The smallest thing. So we'll start us off with two minis. Okay. Things I saw Wait, that, there, are, that are new. Wait, was there a TV show to review? No. No. Okay, no, thank God. Don't no, frighten me like that. No, just things that I saw that are new. All HBO stuff for some reason. All right. Um, Love and Death came out. Six issue. Issue. I'm used to comics. Six episode miniseries where Elizabeth Olsen. Oh, that one. Yes. One of the Olsons. <laughs> In my head, I was like, Elizabeth, sister of the Olsen twins, Elizabeth Olsen. Correct. There we go. That's some deductive reasoning right there. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, yeah, she has an affair, and then um, lady tries to kill her, and then she kills the lady based on real life events but also there was like another mini series that came out like a year and a half ago that starred jessica beale they dropped the first three all in day one i'm like all right i'll check this out okay kind of wish i hadn't watched the first three. Oh, did it really ruin your day no it was just kind of boring there's it's not really that special but like the murder hasn't happened yet like they leave it's definitely happening in the next episode i'm like man i want to see the murder that's what we're here for of this real life event that happened to the people i guess except for the dead women are probably all still alive because it was just in the 80s Uh, i mean that's I mean, yeah, it, it was. I don't know. I don't really recommend it because it was just kind of okay. But now that I've already watched half of them, I'm like, do I do the other three? I don't know. We'll see. Well, there you go. And then the other new HBO thing I watched uh, another mini series, White House Plumbers, came out all about oh, wet Watergate, right? Yeah. How was that? And, and the, the bungling. It's only five episodes. They they only released one. I'm not sure is the honest answer. Okay. Like it was okay. You know, um, interesting enough that I. I'll revisit it, at least for episode two, definitely. Okay, it's not like a ringing endorsement. Though. No, it, it didn't blow me away, but, you know, it wasn't bad either. Okay. Not a terrible thing to turn on. So, of the two things, better? I guess. So, I mean, only one episode of five, and it's like, okay. Well, it's 20% of the way home. <laughs> I'll, I'll revisit it. How's that for a ringing endorsement? That's better than I don't want to watch it again, or I wish I hadn't watched the three episodes <laughs> I had watched. I suppose. HBO just... Knocking out that content. The right. max, baby. Yeah, uh, yeah, those are my quickie reviews of new things that happened this week that have nothing to do with kind of genre things. Well, there you go. To the max. Oh, and I finally got around to watching the first season of Stranger Things. And? I'm, I see why people like it. It's good. Okay, there you go. You know, shocker. That insanely popular thing turns out. It's good. Yeah, pretty good. All right. I was like, all right, cool. Well, there are plenty of insanely <laughs> popular things that aren't good, like. Oh, yeah, we're going to talk about a couple of them coming up. Like Haggy uh, Sacks. We have against Hacky Sacks. Nothing really. I was just trying to think of a weird fad from the 80s and 90s. Also, Hacky Sacks definitely way earlier than that. True, but they still, I guess, I saw somebody handing out Hacky Sacks at a thing recently. I'm like, that's still a thing. We're giving out Hacky Sacks? But I guess we are. All right, going to move on from there to the news. By the way, if you want to jump around, time code's down below. I always forget to mention that. No offense meant to anybody who's a Hacky Sacker. If that is that what you call them, a Hacky Sacker? No. I haven't you know, had a good old hack circle since high school. Wow. Different than some of the other circles you may have been involved in. I don't need your blue humor news. <laughs> Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? It's time for the news. Hey, um, Writers Guild is on strike again. 
Uh, that explains exactly like where I saw a lot of Conan clips pop up in my Twitter feed today. Like, wh- yeah, I remember watching that stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, 2007 was the last time there was a writer strike. We almost had one a couple of years ago. It didn't end up going through. But yeah, um, everyone stops. All work stops. And last this time, yeah, all like the late night house are like, we're standing in solidarity with our writers. So we're going to go dark. I'm like, I think because you remember how it went last time and it was bad. Yeah, it was not good. Was- but by doing that, like it forced an earlier end of the strike because it just kept getting progressively worse and worse and worse. Yeah, that last one went on forever. And it really, it screwed up a lot of seasons of television like some people planned for it some people didn't so like everything got cut off it was the year of like truncated things um movies were really terrible for like the year 2009 like that's when quantum of solace came out and that's because that script wasn't done and daniel craig and the director were writing scenes like, yeah. let's, let's do rewrites oh we don't know what we're doing oops and it made me mad because i had to think about this it's also where the script for the second Transformers movie came from, and I got mad that I remember that movie existed. That it, what crossed my brain at all was upsetting. Is that the one with the Tomb of the Primes? And I think so. It's been a long time no. since I've seen it, and will not revisit it. Good to know. But there was one positive that came out of the writers' strike. An immediate positive. Yeah. Pete Davidson's SNL hosted episode won't be happening. Ooh, that's a- so. That's a win for everyone. We did it, guys. Congratulations. <laughs> strike over. Well, I mean... I don't want to see Pete Davidson host SNL. He was on SNL for a ton of years. Yeah, and he was awful. He had that one character that just said, okay, that was it. That was the bit. And it's his only reoccurring character. He never played, like, other characters. It was just like, hi, I'm Pete Davidson. Maybe this time I'm in a suit. He was more of a writer than anything else on the show. I think he was mostly a waste of space. He deeply unfunny. He existed. Barely. He was barely there half the time. That's a good point. He was usually off partying. But yeah, that, uh, that that's my silver lining of the writer's strike. We've avoided the Pete Davidson SNL episode. The problem is that Weekend Update is the best 20 minutes of TV every week. Um, other SNL, yeah, so the writer's what, strike. you disagree? Who, well, my first thought, well, it's not 20 minutes. Well, okay, it's like the best 15 minutes, maybe 10. Yeah, I mean, another writer's strike until this gets resolved. Um, the big issue around this one, kind of the main driving force, is A, just profits that studios are making compared to what's being... Uh, sent down to the writers but also um a lot of this comes down to renegotiating Chow! struck ah uh, what are you in what is that it's now telling me there's a technical problem <laughs> are you in discord uh no i'm on facebook messenger responding to a text someone sent you a text on facebook messenger yes that sounds confusing it's fine i don't like that at all well you're fine i hate it when people well is it, they technically it wasn't a text they sent me an instant message and i am okay talking about all the the high water now you're shielding your phone. Just put your phone down. Hold on. Let me finish this. You can continue to talk. It's a conversation, not a lecture. Well, sometimes it feels that way. Carry on, sir. Give me the phone. I'm going to put it in my pocket. <laughs> I'm going to put it down over there. Nope. You can have it when we're What are you, a teacher? Back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's fine. I got it. Um, a lot of what this comes down to is uh, residuals for streaming. Like That's very low and hasn't been like well worked out yet because it's still a new-ish market. Certainly since the last time this happened in 2007, that really wasn't on the table. No, I mean... YouTube, Netflix. Yeah. So hopefully it doesn't last as long as the last one, because that was a mess and took forever. 2007, I was graduating college in 2007. It's been a while, but it was bad. That's like 16 years ago. Mm. Damn. Speaking of Saturday Night Live, though, that transition would have worked better if we didn't take a little break for your... uh, It's fine. You're fine. For your cell phone. Oh, yeah? Um, There's going to be, from uh, Jason Reitman, the guy who directed... The first Ghostbusters also co-wrote it. He will be doing an SNL origin movie with the guy who was the other co-writer on the Ghostbusters uh, Afterlife movie, Gil Keenan. 
It'll be all about the origin and kind of like tumultuous time getting the show started. Ooh. So we're going to get people playing like John Belushi, Chevy Chase, yeah. Lauren Michaels. Uh, who else am I missing? That's critical from those early Steve Martin, Eddie Murphy. Oh, that's going to be interesting. You get some heavy Kirk hitters. Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Those are some heavy hitters that you're going to have to betray. Holy cow. Yeah, that'll be, I don't know. I mean, I I like him as a director and as a writer, so sure, why not? I'm on board for it. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, I can't believe this. Maybe it's time to bring back stupid news. I still have that sound drop. Oh, well, why not right now? Uh, no, it's fine. I'll, I'll leave it for something dumber. Okay. Uh, Sylvester Stallone is doing a sequel to a, to a 90s action movie. Is it Stop or My Mom Will Shoot? No. No. I think that was the 80s. No, I'm pretty sure it was the 90s. Late 80s, early 90s. Um, 90s. Was he in it? Oh, yeah. He starred in it. Oh, uh, let's see. He wasn't in Suburban Commando. That was Hulk Hogan. Yeah, great. Give me a hint. He hangs off a cliff. Oh, cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> cliffhanger 2 is in development. Oh, wow. Well, good thing the writer's strike came along. <laughs> Why? Why is this a thing? It was a cliffhanger ending. You need to know what's going to happen next. <sighs> John Lithgow was in that as the villain. I rem- yeah, yeah. Can you picture John Lithgow actually like rock climbing like that? No offense to John Lithgow, but still, it was a dumb movie then, and I and I know like repeating IP is like you know the big craze, but we are really scraping the bottom of the barrel if we're going back to cliffhanger. Talk to me when like kickboxing <laughs> with Jean Claude Van Damme comes back out, or what? another or another Street Fighter movie. Another Street Fighter is in the works. Oh, what? J.J. Uh, Abrams slash michael b jordan's black superman movie still might be in the works that's about the news james gunn's like yes possibility still could happen there you go and with resounding (laughs) excitement like that like oh yeah you know anything could happen yes anything could and maybe and who knows i mean there's still room for it like with because it would be like you know um a different universe like elseworlds kind of thing that's fine like yeah there's still totally room for it if you want to do it yeah or if you don't, I mean, we're blowing up this thing anyway. Well, there you go. How about that? Denise Richards was very sad. That she wasn't included? In the in the 90s. Oh, I mean. Oh, no. This, we moved on. New story. Oh, okay. <laughs> Denise Richards was sad in the 90s. She's like, uh, her quote was, it broke my heart. Talking about the reaction to her Christmas Jones character in the James Bond movie, The World Is Not Enough. She's like, people were making fun of the outfit. Like, because I was wearing shorts, I didn't look like a scientist. But they would have been equally as mad if I was wearing a lab coat and I wasn't like a sexy Bond girl. I got news for you. The shorts were not the issue. I was wrong. <laughs> One of the most wooden performances I've ever seen. I've said this up and down. I think the hardest thing to play in any role is like smart. Like mm-hmm. to be able to deliver dialogue yeah. that doesn't sound like you're just reciting, to make it sound like, you know, it's something you're coming up with off the top of your head or like information that you've had there that you like smart is tough. Like to Techno do. Babble in Star Trek? Yeah. Or I think um, a good example is Robert Downey Jr. is Tony Stark. Like mm-hmm. he can play smart really well. Yes. Uh, Denise Richards cannot. She can recite words. I'll give her that. But can, can she act smart? No, no, no. And that's the big problem with uh, Christmas Jones, not the cargo shorts. That wasn't. That one wasn't. The world's not enough. That was. Which one was that that she was in? The world is not enough. Was no. She was in. The world is not enough. Yeah. Yeah. That was the one with the with Renard. And also the the last line. I was wrong. And she's like, about what? I thought Christmas only came once a year. I hate that line so much. Like, <laughs> welcome to my nuclear family. Also a line from that. Also, you'll miss me, and he shoots her in the face, and she's like, I'll, I never miss. I can't stand that stupid Christmas coming line, because that's where the name came from. I guarantee. Oh, it has 100%. Someone's they, like, I want to make this joke. They worked backwards from there. Yes. Doing no one any favors. 
that one's not her fault. That was, uh, the terrible acting, I'm putting that's, that pretty solidly on her. Though. That's almost as bad as the end of um, Tomorrow Never Dies. And Halle Berry's like, don't take it out. It's a perfect fit. And it was a diamond in her belly button. <sighs> have you gotten that far in your Bond rewatch yet? Like a year ago? Oh. Yes. Did you still have the same reaction then? I really hate I still love that. James Bond one-liners. James Bond one-liners are fantastic. They're fine if they make sense. She always did enjoy a good squeeze. Like, there's one in Tomorrow Never Dies. I don't even remember what it was. It was something about, like, ringing someone's bell. But there was no one around. Like, he had no, k- killed no, whoever it was. No, it was it was at the end of the hovercraft chase, and he's hanging off the Tibetan, like, the monk bell, and he goes, saved by the bell. Yeah, no one's there to hear it. It's just him by himself. Yeah, What's he I, doing? I, no. feel, I feel like in that situation, given his character, he would say that. No, no one would do that. No one's quipping to themselves. What, about when he talks to Madonna when he's fencing about keeping his tip up? Speaking of not being able to act in a Bond movie. Uh, something about it. There's also a, she doesn't bet on cockfights. At that point, they were kind of like pushing hey, do- and stretching. Do- Dodgeball 2 is happening. Oh, I saw that. I'm excited for that. You just you sucked all the life out of me. Because I started going off off the rails on Bond one-liners. Just the 90s For ones. England, James? No, for me. Now, that was cold. I like that one. That was a great line. Yeah, Dodgeball 2 is happening. It would At least Vince Vaughn. It makes up for when he pops into the bathroom and says, forgot to knock. This, I threw this one in for you. You liked that movie. I love that movie. More than people probably should. Not like Patches O'Houlihan liked to drink his own urine because it was sterile and he liked the taste. Dodgeball is, I mean, it's fine. I, I don't remember it fondly or poorly. It was just like, oh, yeah, that was a comedy that happened. Pirate Steve. Yes, the stupid wrench thing and blah, blah, blah. It's like, sure, I guess this could be funny just with the idea of it's such an inconsequential thing and it's been, it'll be like two decades in between. Is Ben Stiller going to be in it? Right now, I think it's just Vince Vaughn. Oh. Unclear. Are we going to, so Globo Jim has to be in it, right? Right now, it's Vince Vaughn. Uh, fine. I'm not going to give you casting that is there. Right now, it's Vince Vaughn. I thought you worked for an insider sure, company. I'm I thought sure you knew these other things. people will be back for Dodgeball 2, the dodgening. Is that what they're really calling? Is it the... No, it's okay. not the real title. Because I was like, I didn't see that in my explorations. The Hunger Games, there's a prequel movie. I forgot there was a prequel book. Yes. But that does not surprise me at all that there was. Makes sense. They made, Whatever the name of that author was, made a lot of money off of those. And the studio made a lot of mo- money off those movies. So, yeah, we're getting another one. Yay. But, like, everyone has to realize, like, how is this character, the female character, because there's only ever been one winner from District 12, and it was Haymitch. How is this female character going to survive the 10th Hunger Games? I'm trying to remember which Hunger Games Haymitch won. He's got to be in this. He has to be in this. Now I need to fact check myself. Yeah, I mean, if you want to find out, you can just read the book. Or I can Google real quick, because it did say in the book which games Haymitch won, so... (laughs) Yeah, this is one we're bringing up because it's a popular thing that, you know, we'll be making the internet rounds, but one, it's a lengthy title that I don't like. Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. I don't know what that means. Uh, Haymitch won the 50th games, and this takes place during the 10th games, so there will be no Haymitch. <laughs> Maybe he could be shitting his diapers. Oh, never mind. Haymitch was the District 12's second and only living Hunger Games victor for 23 years. Okay, so then this chick does survive. Couldn't tell you. Haven't read the book. There you go. I I did read the books when they came out because they were a thing and they were so short it took like an afternoon and then I didn't really like the books that much and then I saw maybe the first two movies and I didn't like those and then I stopped. Yeah. Didn't go back and I can't imagine I will again. It's just like, oh, it's this thing again, but maybe less interesting because they don't have like the weird wonky hairdos and stuff yet. No, it looks like, you know, a 70s version. It just looks, I mean, just about cliffhanger. It's like, oh, we're doing this again. Hey, speaking of doing this again. Transformers Rise of the Beasts has a new trailer out, and it's hard to make me feel so little watching a thing. 
And yet it did. But there's nothing there. There like, really wasn't. I mean, there's parts of it that I like. I go like, ooh, I like that the CGI robots look like the animated robots from the 80s. Yeah. Like, I, I could go, ooh, I, that's the... But you didn't watch the show. <laughs> I did. Did you? Were you like... I didn't see the movie until no. like years and years later. Yeah, I mean, I saw the show because it was on. Yeah. And that's kind of how, you know, children's programming worked in the 90s. If it was on, you're like, all right, I guess this one. I think at one point I'd asked you because your ringtone for text messages was the Transformers. Transformers! <laughs> I just did that to piss you off. I swear to God. Well, it wasn't just me that you pissed off because it went off 115 times. It must have been single at the time because that's the only reason I'd be texting. <laughs> you text me. Funny that you don't text me when the Celtics lose, by the way. I'm a very utilitarian texter. I wanted to text something last night, but I wasn't sure if you were watching the game in real time or if you were behind. No, no, I, I was there. We'll talk about that more in Jared's sports reports. <laughs> There's some consternation in the house. Constipation? You should take some X-lax. But it's just crazy. Like, I don't know, is this like the seventh or eighth movie in this franchise now taking place in 94? It was kind of jarring when they showed the two towers for a second. I'm like, what? Did you see that ABC accidentally uh, cutting to break from one of their sporting events had stock footage of the Empire State Building with the Twin Towers in the background? Like it was like live from New York. That is some. That's, old, a, that's an oops. Some old footage. Yeah. Get new footage. Like it's yeah, 22 years going on. Yeah, it'll be 22 years. Wow. Can't believe that. I want to talk about feeling old. I mean, just even like that last shot. It's like, look at this big wonder that we're doing we're zooming from thing to thing and you're seeing all these characters they're battling and like this looks like nothing like it's yeah. just i mean it is what it is the script it, reads it, and they fight it's just it's an expensive looking cartoon which i can't really blame them because that's what it is they're yes. like adapting yeah. a cartoon but still i'm like looking at it i'm like there's nothing on the screen that's real there's no weight to anything there's nothing i care about it's and i'm not i'm not even mad at it it's just i'm looking at it i'm like this looks so this looks expensively generic like, they threw yeah. a lot of money at it, and it looks like nothing. I thought this was interesting. Uh, William Shatner was filming for the Roddenberry Archive. I'm not quite sure what this is. But he went on. They, like, have him sitting in the captain's chair again, which is kind of cool. I mean, he's but he's just, like, William Shatner clothes. He's yeah. not dressed up as Kirk. And he was talking about... And William Shatner clothes. Like, he has his own specific, like, line of clothes. Yes, button-down shirt. Oh, well, there you go. But he was talking about um, his death in Star Trek Generation. Spoilers. Oh, he, he for, dies? For those who haven't seen that movie from 1994. It was fun. Well, he was talking about going out with Oh My. Yes. And uh, the way he said that, like, what he meant it, what he meant for it to be was, like, this thing of, like, you know, Kirk should, like, die as he lived. Like, he's looking for the next adventure. He's looking for the next thing. It's supposed yeah. to excite him. So it's, like, when I said that line, like, my intention was to read it with, like, this kind of, like, sense of wonder. Mm -hmm. And, like, was he, like, it was, like, does he see, you know, is it just, like, the clouds or is it, like, the Grim Reaper? Like, what does he see? Like, some sense of wonder goes, yeah. and then I heard, like... And I didn't know it until I saw it, but it just kind of sounded timid and not the way I intended to do it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And then they finish off this little video, which I couldn't tell if it was creepy or nice. Um, they show his grave on Viridian 3, and with the power of, you know, they, I mean, they, I don't know if they went back there or not to film it. I think probably, because it's probably just in California. Oh, I saw the Spock thing? Yes, that's what it visits, was. Yeah, yeah where uh, Spock goes and he finds the grave and using, you know, old Leonard Nimoy's face on someone's body. And that's, mm -hmm. I guess, how they get his remains in Star Trek Picard. Spock got him. Yeah, I mean, well, it makes sense, because Picard, I mean, not Picard, Kirk came after Spock's remains on Genesis. And Genesis? And 
I did that the other day in the house, and Emily was like, "What the fuck was that?" <laughs> just, just well, did you randomly just like sitting there like Genesis? There was something that came up. I'm, I don't know how the word came up, like talking about the genesis of something, or maybe the second <laughs> genesis, or whatever the hell. And I just threw that out there. She's like, "What was that?" What does yours sound like? I need Genesis. Genesis. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Genesis. But yeah, um. You know, would have helped Spock if Picard didn't throw all those rocks on top of him. <laughs> so well, I mean, was he going to leave him out there for the beasts and carrion to just, like, you know, get after him? I guess, but still, he just threw a bunch of rocks Also, on like, him. here's, like, a glaring loophole in that whole deal. They're getting picked up, right? Like, you know, wh- how how is Picard not saying, oh, by the way, I've got Jim's Kirk. Jim Kirk, he's over there. It's a body. He's dead, but he's over there. Do you want to bring him back with us? And everyone would be like... That man that's been dead for 80... What do you mean you have his body? He's like, never mind. There was a nexus. A temporal nexus. I was in a ribbon. Some sort of temporal nexus. Yeah, but that never made sense to me that, you know... We made eggs. Very exciting mm, scene of making eggs. Toast? Dill? Yes, fucking dill. This is not your bedroom. No, it's better. (laughs) And that's kind of the news for the week. Again, this doesn't make sense to me that they would beam everybody up off the planet. They probably, you know, they beamed up the dead on the Enterprise. They weren't piling them up under rocks. Why in the world does he not be like, yeah, no, for friggin' real, Jim Kirk, he's over there. I put him under a pile of rock. Where did he get all those rocks, too? Like, there are no other rocks around. No, he did some climbing for those. I guess, I guess the hell he did. He should have dragged the body down. That would have been easier. We're just throwing Well, no, because he dragged the, the body up there because he was in a little ravine under that giant metal bridge. He just should have thrown him off the cliff. None of it makes... <laughs> and the, the, the shuttle thing flies over Picard as he's like looking for him. How is he not saying, like, hey, uh, you guys aren't going to believe this, but... All right. I just had eggs. Yeah, I had Katarian eggs. All right. We're going to move on from there to weird comics facts. Here are some weird comic facts. Prepare accordingly. I'm going to make some weird shit. It's pretty freaky, but it's safe. This one going to blow your mind. Is it? Oh, yeah. This is why you, we, you said before we started recording, oh, we should have done this in a different order. Oh, no, no. I picked these in the exact right order because of this weird comic fact uh-huh, I'm sure that ties that... in to this week's book and this week's events. I'm sure that it's not anything. It was not lucky happenstance and coincidence that you, they, it worked out this way. Yeah, because I knew the uh, writer's strike was going to happen. Exactly. So back in 2007, and we've maybe talked about this a little before, George Miller, director of the Mad Max and Babe Pig in the City. Mm, that'll do, Pig. And Happy Feet. Just... He has a varied career. I would say there's that's a spectrum of <laughs> entertainment right there. A little something for everybody. But in 2007, he was going back to his roots of live action with a Justice League movie. Uh, Justice League Mortal. It was fully cast. Oh. Um, like, costumes were done. They were literally shooting. They were starting shooting. If I say the next day, it sounds more dramatic. But I think it was within the week. Everyone was in Australia. They were ready to go. Writer's strike happened to shut the whole thing down. We never saw it. Uh, some of the cast included, and maybe this one's for the best, uh, possible cannibal Army Hammer was Batman. Wait, what? Who? Army Hammer. Who the hell's Army Hammer? Okay. He's the guy who might be a cannibal. I He had a huge falling out in Hollywood in the last couple of years because of the cannibal thing. I'd never heard the name Army Hammer before. He was in... Like Army, like Army, like you're in the Army. A-R-M-I-E. Wow. Okay. Go on. <laughs> I'm looking to see what he looks like. Uh, Adam Brody was going to be Barry Allen. Common was going to be John Stewart Green Lantern. Anton Yelchin was going to be Wally West. Stuff like that. And right before production, boom, shit canned. Uh huh. But what's crazy? So 
I mean, that's why I was doing this. I'm like, oh, like, let's do a Justice League thing. Like, oh, yeah, that's right. This Justice League movie got canceled because of the writer's strike. Here's where it gets weird for us this week. Kind of arbitrarily chose, like, oh, let's do Tower of Babel because we talked about it the other week. Yes. Yeah, sure. Let's circle back around to that. This entire movie was based on Tower of Babel. Okay. So I'm reading through, like, you know, the plot synopsis of what it's going to be. I'm like, okay. Oh, 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 that looks familiar. That's This entire movie is just Tower of Babel. Ah. Oh, he... Army Hammer played the Lone Ranger in The Lone Ranger with Johnny Depp. Yes, he did. Uh, kind of a very brief synopsis of what this Justice League movie was going to be. Batman has Brother Eye looking out over the entire Justice League. The Justice League starts getting taken out one at a time, and then Batman's like, oh, man, guys, it was totally me because someone stole my secrets. And this time, uh, the secrets were stolen by Maxwell Lord, who was later paid, played by Pedro Pascal in Wonder Woman 2. And Talia al Ghul. Um, eventually, Batman gets beat up and he has to put on a brace very similar to what he uh, had to wear in Kingdom Come as an old man. Okay. Maxwell Lord's neck is snapped. They just love doing that to Maxwell Lord. In the comics, um, uh, it was Wonder Woman that did it, who did it on national television. In this movie, it was going to be Batman. And then the whole snapping a neck thing ended up in uh, Man of Steel. Oh. That was, uh, uh, at the end of the movie, um, Barry Allen sacrifices himself. These are some absolutely horrific costumes. Martian Manhunter in this? Holy shit. Put your phone down. Sorry, I, you kind of got me. <laughs> Barry Allen sacrifices himself at the end. Wally takes over as the Flash. And the movie ends with them uh, going into space to go fight Starro the Conqueror. The big starfish. Yeah, which we got in Justice League. Uh, no, Suicide sorry, Squad. Suicide Squad. The Suicide the, Squad. The Suicide Squad. But yeah, I just thought, it was like, oh yeah, writer Strike. Let's talk about that. Wait a second, I recognize this story that I just read. There you go. Yeah. So we're going to talk about what was almost a movie, but it wasn't. Nope. So with this, so with George Miller's Justice League not happening, under, un, the fuck me, I was starting that again. So from George Jiller's, what the fuck, George Jiller, do I leave this in? Yes, I think you do. <laughs> so from George Miller's Justice League, there you go. That wasn't happening under any circumstance. To Dylan Brooks not returning to the Memphis Grizzlies under any circumstance. Hilarious. It's time for Jared Sports Reports. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. Bare tested. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Oh, and they tackle him at the 40 yard line. It's time for another Jared Sports Report. <laughs> Some of the memes on that today on Twitter were hilarious. That whole there was one I saw, like, yeah, let's we're gonna run this bet next year, and it was like the clip of we? What is this we you're talking about? All right. Well, we'll start with uh, we'll start with outside the world of the NBA. the uh, The big news out of Boston: the Red Sox win again. Actually, it's not really the big uh, news out of Boston, but Alex Verdugo with three walk off hits in his last nine plate appearances or ten plate. He's having a great season. Red Sox finding some interesting ways to win, but not like the Boston Bruins. They found ways to lose. The yeah. best regular season team in NHL history out in the first round, losing to the Florida Panthers. <laughs> It all came down to just some straight shenanigans. Well, they just didn't win when they needed. They had chances to. Both game six and seven, they had a lead with under two minutes to go, and all they needed to do was maintain, and they couldn't do that. And there you go. So Boston Bruins, uh, some big question marks in the offseason. Patrice Bergeron, the captain, is he going to retire? Also, David Krejci, he said today, uh, being May 2nd, uh, he's, his plans were to either retire or play for Boston. He would not do anything else. He wouldn't play for another team. He wouldn't go back and play for the Czech team. Uh, you know, he is, um, he's either a Bruin or he's done Bergeron who has been with the team forever and ever and ever since he was like 18 years old. Uh, had said that he was needed some time to evaluate and see what was going to happen. But, uh, really, really tough. Well, it was really tough. Uh, you know, 
32 hours at Boston, in Boston, in the Boston Garden, because after the Bruins lost, well, guess what happened? I don't know. There's a whole bunch of series going on. First of all, the Dylan Brooks news. Oh, by the way, the draft happened over the weekend. Oh, yeah. You want to talk about that? Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, thought the Patriots had a solid draft. My favorite part of the draft was when they moved down two picks, still got the cornerback that they wanted, which I said they'd probably go defense in the first pick. And they were able to block the Jets from getting the last good offensive tackle in the draft. So screw you, New York. You Aaron Rodgers led team. <laughs> yes. But they picked up a couple, they picked up a kicker, punter, receiver. Defensive back, pretty solid draft. Mel Kepper gave him a pretty good grade on the draft. Uh, let's, yeah, pretty much all I have to say. I was kind of in and out of it most of the time. Yeah, the Dylan Brooks thing is hilarious. I mean, we've talked about this in the last couple of weeks, how he's just kind of made himself out to be this clownish villain and then blamed everyone else for it. And then the Memphis Grizzlies lost in spectacular fashion to the Lakers. And uh, pending free agency, he was told, in quotes, under no circumstances will be returning to the team. <laughs> Well, there you go. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. See you later. <laughs> he, he's a fine player, but like, just in the, like since getting into the playoffs, he's just like made it, or even earlier in the year, like getting into like that was like the whole Shannon Sharp thing. Yeah, like kicking all that off. Like he's just he's been more of a public distraction than he has been a positive contributor. Mm. And he also made the team like very easy to dislike. And I, I like a lot of the Grizzlies players. Like watching job play is a lot of fun. Well, they're not playing anymore. I'll yeah. tell you that. So is that um, is he maybe kind of a scapegoat as so so often there is in uh, when there is a losing playoff series? Could be. Yeah, but also <laughs> seems like a jackass. So you know, tough shit. I'll tell you who's got a little bit of a hot seat right now is Missoula. He's feeling. No. A little- I don't think so. He's getting he got out coached last night by Doc Rivers. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that one. Um, current series that are left: Heat Knicks. Heat are up one on the Knicks. Boy, this like kind of seventh slash eighth seed slash tenth seed Heat are just still going, and they're losing players left and right. They are, but but boy, they just keep going against the Knicks. I I don't know. I I imagine the Heat are going to win this. I'd rather see the Knicks win, but whatever. Lakers Warriors hasn't happened yet, but that's a biggie. That's going to draw some numbers. Steph mm-hmm. versus LeBron again. That's a 10 o'clock game tonight. I'm definitely throwing that on. All West Coast action, too. So that, That'll be fun. Or I hope it's fun. Who do I want to lose more? I can't tell. A meteor hits um, Crypto.com Arena. I guess that's uh, my my best we don't, outcome. You just wish the death of like 40,000 people. Well, like 28,000 people, but still. Wish? No. Hope? hope? Maybe. That's disgusting. <laughs> You're a sick man. Well, let's say it just happens during warm-ups when no one's there oh like during shoot around yeah oh so then the kind of like the staff that just worked the building that are minding their own business no they should have avoided that comment it's kind of like the independent contractors working on the death star the other one i'm a little surprised it's going um this way so far entirely uh nugget suns nuggets are up 2-0 on the suns chris paul hey it's the playoffs so he's hurt again because you can't have a playoffs without Chris Paul getting injured. Yeah, I think they're seeing a lot of the load management guys just not able to play at that sustained level. Yeah, and then the other one, uh, 76ers, Celtics, Embiid was out. He is still doubtful for game two. And if I've said it before, I've said it a million times. Celtics are their own worst enemy. They thought, oh, Embiid's not here. We don't have to play that hard. And then James Harden drops 45 on them. Like, you know what? And like, you know, we've learned our lesson. We like we have to come out stronger next time. Did you stop Did you? learning the same lesson? That's the lesson. Like this has happened so many times. Stop doing this. You know the lesson. Did, did they really learn their lesson? I guess we'll see. But I mean, like, they have a chance to have home home court through the rest of the playoffs. I know. And like with an beat out, it's just like this is just. And the, you know what they did by losing game path. one? They just gave up home court advantage for the rest of the series. Because <laughs> even a split. I mean, because then you've got what? Six games. It's three and three from there. So. Yep. What are we doing? 
Also, the play design on the out of bounds plays late in the game are just uninspiring. The um, and as always, the last two minute report comes out. They're like, oh, by the way, um, some bad stuff happened that um should not have given the Sixers like extra three points in the last two minutes. Oops. Thanks, last two minute report. You're always here to make me feel better. Well, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if they're going to be able to take take and uh, win the chip. Just going to say. Yes, I I respect your opinion from all the basketball you watch this year. I know enough. <laughs> I know what I saw. <laughs> It wasn't good. It was really high scoring for a while. It was weird. Yeah, Whatever. I don't need to watch 82 games to tell you that they don't play good defense right now, and they don't play very tough for all 48 minutes of the basketball game. And by the time they figure out it's time to play tough, it's too late. That's not what happened. How are they not getting the ball in the Jason teams? Even they're running doubles at him. The next option can't. The next option has to be Jalen Brown after him, and they didn't get him the basketball. Because Tatum only shot 25% the last quarter. I don't give it to him either. No, but they were running doubles at him the whole fourth quarter, and he's got to be able to. Also, if he's going to be in that I'm a superstar conversation, he's got to find ways to overcome that. All right, that it for sports? Yeah, you don't like it when I fire back with some some hot spit. I really meant to say spit back with some hot fire, but I committed to it. <laughs> I was like, what the hell was that? What is hot spit? Well, that's me being dyslexic in my brain and trying to say spit hot fire, but then I said fire hot spit. So you know what? Spread it around, what? kids. Oh, that was... But, Make uh, that shit trend. I was like, what was I watching the other... It was because I saw Batman on the big screen over the weekend, and it's just so funny having it be like... Oh, that's what it, I sent you. The Batman and the vacuum cleaner. Was it PG or PG-13? I don't remember what it was, but just having um someone yelling at uh, Jack Nicholson's Joker like, that's a load of spit. I'm like, yes spit that's what people say especially mm. gangsters yes really trying to watch their language you never responded to the batman thing i sent you i respond to basically nothing you send me occasionally they respond with what the hell or what is wrong with you or what the fuck <laughs> if i respond it encourages you now i feel more emboldened to continue to send these obscene things great is that sports uh yeah kentucky derby's coming up soon we'll talk about that more when it gets here yeah i believe that will be it. Yeah. All right. We're going to move on from there to Jared's Reading Corner. It's Jared's Reading Corner. This week, we are talking JLA, the Tower of Babel. That's what the book was called at the time. Yes. I don't really like just saying JLA. I'd rather just say Justice League, but whatever. Yeah, JLA. Well. Uh, this was the book that JLA. This was the book that kicked off in the 90s under um, Grant Morrison writing and Howard P- Porter doing the art for the majority of it yes and it starts off really well as a series uh mark wade had been working over on the flash for something like 70 issues and he got tired he's like hey grant morrison do you want to take over on the flash and grant morrison's like cool i could do flash and justice league and then mark wade gets a phone call like grant morrison can't do flash and justice league now he's behind because he's so deep into the flash you need to write in some fill-in issues for justice league oh and mark wade's like okay and they were fine he did um a handful of them they they feel like fill-in issues but then eventually he does come back and gets to write this pretty seminal three-issue story tower of babel uh also much like the grant morrison stuff that says howard porter on art and that's about our background information all right well if you enjoyed our review of failsafe a couple weeks ago guess what same damn thing <laughs> pretty much except for this time it's not batman it's the rest of the justice league so I will say I enjoyed the art. Very 90s art, like just the way it was like laid out and looked, especially like the profiles of the different members of the Justice League. I was like, this is feeling very 90s to me. I yeah, had I still like core Howard, memories. I like Howard Porter as an artist a lot. But yeah, I mean, this era, like, yeah, he's he's very much drawing of the era. Like, 
doesn't make it bad. It just makes it 90s. It's not even like when I say 90s, because there there is 90s bad. Like there is some, you know, like your like weird, crazy, like Rob Liefeld style art or even like all the imitators of this kind of thing. And there, there's definitely bad 90s. This doesn't fall into bad 90s, but it's it's definitely 90s. It's definitely not good 90s. Actually, no, it's actually pretty decent. I enjoyed yeah, the art mo- in this. Most of it's, yeah, I would say nine-tenths of it I really like. You get the occasional, like, very 90s, like, in over, like a reaction shot of someone that's just way too much. Yeah. And I really hate this 90s thing. It still happens um, from, like, time to time in, like, current books. I hate, like, when people are yelling and they just have, like, this spit line, like, in between, like, their, like, upper lip to their lower lip. I'm like, who has that? Uh, how often we... does that really happen? It happens a lot in 90s comics. We always have a spit line. I can't remember the last time I ever saw someone speak in real life with a spit line. Yeah, okay. So are they firing this. hot spit? Jesus. See, that's that. Like, I could say I planned on that based on spit lines and that. Just like you saying you planned on this to go out of sequence when we did fail safe. Don't. Can you put the pen down? You're scaring me. Like you're gonna like shank me with it. That was my very first tattoo. Stabbing yourself with a pen? Wasn't me. Oh, we were just in class. This kid just leans over. Like we're not talking or anything. Just stabs me in the leg. For what purpose? Nothing. Did you do something wrong to him? No. He wasn't, he wasn't even like, he was a normal kid. Did he at least tell you afterwards, like, take that motherfucker? No, it was like sixth grade. Like, he was a nor- I was kind of taken aback because he was just like a normal kid. He like wasn't. Clearly weird. not. He stabbed you with a fucking pen. And I still have the blue mark in my leg, in my thigh. I don't want to look at your thighs. <laughs> They're very white. I can imagine because they don't see the light of day <laughs> and for good reason. Because of that blue spot. Well, no, mostly because they're your thighs and I don't want to see them. Nobody wants to see your thighs. I don't know. They're pretty muscular. Uh, okay. Anyway, keep your pants on. Tower of Babel this. No, excuse you. I don't remember. Oh, there it is. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Huh? Yeah. See, that, that, that's a kid leaning over and stabbing me with a pen. Wow. You made it sound way more devastating than it actually looks. It's been there since like sixth grade. Well, I mean. It's not going away. Do you count that when you talk about how many tattoos you have? No. I also don't remember how many tattoos I have. I have to count them in my head. That seems like a problem. Whenever anyone asks. Would you call my tattoo one tattoo or two separate tattoos? One. Even though it's two different parts to it? Yeah. Okay, just checking. That's how I feel about it, too. Glad we agree. Anyway, Justice League, Tower of Babel. We open up with everyone's favorite bad guy, Raza Ghoul. Raish. Whatever. Fuck him. Anyway, he's really upset at one of his lackeys for feeding chocolate to some exotic animal and it dies. And he's like, well, guess you get to die now, too. And it's all really fodder to show you that Raish al Ghoul. Is that better? Raish. Raish. Raish? Raish. Raish. It's like rash, but Janashash? That Rachel Ghoul. Uh oh, he's just a cold, calculating, heartless bastard. He's stolen the bodies of Thomas and Martha Wayne. <laughs> Batman's surprised. He's just there on, Martha. A, on a rainy night to go drop off flowers, as I guess you do. I'm gonna really spruce up this rain soaked grave right now. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess I could throw these flowers in the six foot hole where my parents were. Yeah. I guess so. Typical Batman story. We got to make sure that we've mentioned his dead parents in case he forgot. Anyway. He's really got to get over that. Does he, though? That's pretty traumatic. He saw his parents shot in front of him. So much. It was like traumatic enough. Like he's got a massive trauma history that his coping mechanism was to become a vigilante. Not every word is fancy. Just Raish. Oh, okay. Sorry. I was trying to make sure I would say it like Raish al Ghul would. A vigilante. <laughs> he might be like detective. The vigilante. Vigilante. Anyway, while that's happening, there's a break-in at the Justice League Tower, and there's some crazy shit going on because the Justice League are getting their asses handed to them. Just one at a time. Plastic Man. Broken. He gets frozen, then shattered. 
Yes. Aquaman. He's given fear toxins. Fear is hydrophobic. To make him afraid of water. Martian Manhunter. Nanites <laughs> making him turn into fire. Yeah, it's some substance that like when it comes in contact with air, yes. sets him on fire. His one weakness, fire. Also, one of my many weaknesses, fire. I, I think fire is really... <laughs> it's right up there for me. I can't think of a human that fire is not a weakness for. Even firefighters get burned by fire. Yeah. Anyway, The Flash having super like high sonic seizures because he got shot in the back of the neck with some sort of deal. Wonder Woman fighting someone equal to herself in her own brain, but it will give her a heart attack. Yes, because she's going to make herself exhausted because she doesn't know how to quit. You've also got uh, Green Lantern hallucinating based on his ring, so he can't control his ring anymore. He's blind. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that that is what happens. He gets blinded. What the hell are you talking about? What hallucinations? Well, I mean, he's like, can't see anything. He's a victim of his own mind. Mm. But anyway, they all are getting beat. And we come to find out that this is all has to do with the fact that Batman had created, which by the way, is second issue, secret files on every member of the Justice League and how to beat them. Even the minor ones that nobody really knows about. So, oh yeah, Superman, Red Kryptonite is our first uh, look at Red Kryptonite as well. Yeah, a, a variation. I think my favorite one, because it's like we do literally at one point just get to read dossiers on yes. everyone. What was the mean-spirited one? So, this one's so generic. I just It's so dismissive. Oliver Queen is every bit the playboy that I pretend to be. Green Arrow could probably be distracted with any number of positive or negative change in his personal life or fortune. <laughs> That's it. Womp, womp. Like, if a girl leaves you, you're done. If we take away your money, you're done. Yes. <laughs> you you weak-willed little man. Yeah, so ter- Batman has these secret files that are encrypted, except his sometimes love interest, mostly just lady saying beloved at him. Talia breaks into the Batcave, takes the stuff, and they made out this one time. Yes. I mean, this one time they made a baby. They did make a baby, that's true. In the desert. A desert baby. Mm, hear that sand gets everywhere. <laughs> and Batman's talking to Superman. He's like, oh shit, I'm sorry. This is my fault. Superman's becoming invisible. His skin is becoming invisible because of the red kryptonite. It doesn't really kill him. It just only causes him pain. And the big thing that's going on and all this and why it's the Tower of Babel is Ra's al Ghul has now emitted out a sonic wave that changes letters and words so nobody can understand what they're reading. Yeah, some kind of radio frequency that goes to the uh, communication center of your brain so no one can even talk anymore yes it causing, is quite literally the tower of babel causing widespread chaos because there's also some deal between two warring countries at the united nations and rachel ghoul is like this is a way to sow disconsent and all that good stuff that goes along with it so finally as batman is Seeking out who stole the bodies of his parents, he realizes that it is Rachel Ghoul, and Rachel Ghoul explains what's going on. He's like, "Hey, I'll bring your parents back to life in my Lazarus pit." Batman's like, "No, my parents." And he's like, "I'm conflicted because I want to say Martha, but at the same time, but at the same time, he feels like he's going to do more honor to his parents by honoring their memory instead of trying to bring them back to life by punching muggers in the face." It's true. That's I mean, again, he said we he has a tremendous trauma history. But he also then realizes what's going on with the rest of the Justice League and explains, oh, yeah, this is my fault because, well, after that deal with the guy with the A name, I can't remember. Is it A? After that deal with the guy with the A name. There was a guy that they had fought that like almost got control of the Justice no, League. I don't remember. Like, uh, but Batman's like, I felt like we probably should, you know, I had the foresight to create ways to defeat every member of the Justice League because if you should become controlled by one of our enemies it'd be almost impossible to beat you outright. So, But anyway, they end up voting. Oh, there you go. It's it's in here somewhere. Yeah, oh, Agamemnon. Yeah, that guy. See, I was right. It started with an A. 
but I mean, the Justice League, they all get over their individual things. Martian Manhunter gets himself a little suit that keeps him in water. Aquaman yep. just kind of gets over it. Yeah, he just, you know, well, there's like a, a neuro, they were like a reverse of the toxin. They're able to reach in and get the nanobot thing out. So all's well, kind of. Except they're all mad at Batman. And rightfully um, so. They go to fight Raish. Uh, he drops the coffins of Thomas and Martha, but they're grabbed because, you know. Yeah, Martian Manhunter comes flying in. Yeah, superhero book. Parents secured. And then they punch Raish in the snot. That's not true. Talia also uh, tells them. Uh, his oh, she got shot plan. too. Yeah, and then a henchman shoots her in the leg. Yeah. And uh, Raish, you know, not thrilled about that. Yeah. But Batman was like, I can't believe that this super ultra villain who taught me how to do everything was able to defeat my encryption on all of these files. So at the end of the day, the Justice League, they all get back to where they are and they're like, okay, well, Batman did a real shitty thing. We need to vote. And there's seven members to vote. Three say he needs to go. Three needs. Three say he needs to say. The swing vote goes to Superman, and Superman's like, "Get out of here." Well, he didn't even get a chance to because it's like, well, he already knows how I'm going to vote because he Batman is smart enough to figure out it was going to come down to Superman because he's like, yeah, like three of them, like pla- I think it was what, Plastic Man, Flash, and Kimber, the third person who said he should stay. Everyone else, the other three, are like, nope, he's got to go. Superman's like, yeah, you're probably right. I mean, for th- Three issues. It sets up a lot of stuff about Batman. I mean, there's been all the paranoia. Uh, the JLA stuff, especially, this is the run, and this is part of it, too. It mostly goes to Grant Morrison, though, of this is one Batman, kind of what is kind of colloquially referred to as Bat God, where he knows everything, and he's, like, 20 steps ahead of you, and, like, this is the serious one. Like, Superman's is like, he's the most deadly man alive. Hmm. And some of that pat goes over here. It's like Batman was always smart. Batman was always the detective. But this is really the series where it's like um, Batman spends, you know, every waking second doing everything in the world. And he's always knows everything no matter what. And he'll find a way. That's kind of where that all began. Yeah. The 90s in the JLA book. But no, it was fun. I mean, there was a lot of cool stuff that happened. It was a quick, tidy three issues. It was easy and quick to get through. Yeah, and it also, like I said, compared to uh, Mark Wade's earlier stuff on JLA and, you know, he, they literally said we need someone to fill in and boy sometimes i'm not saying about his stuff specifically but a lot of fill in stuff boy you can feel it you're like oh we are behind and someone has to come in and knock this out and mark wade has done that a lot throughout his career aside from working pretty consi- basically you know just consistently writing there's i've definitely seen cases here and there with like we need someone to fill in like for an arc or four issues in this case and sometimes it's good and sometimes mm. it's not, but I mean, you got to be able to respect, like, someone says, like, we need this right now because we're behind you. Come in, you knock it out. Yeah. Tough gig. So, I mean. <laughs> yeah, not easy to, like, get plugged into a grander scheme of storytelling. We're three months behind and we need to be caught up now. Like, yeah, not, yeah. not super helpful. Can you sit down with your typewriter and make shit happen? But, I mean, Tower of Babel, is a, it's a seminal story, especially coming out of um the 90s and justice league stuff in general does very much us start like the whole thing before was like batman is a loner you know like he's yeah not gonna you know come join us for our ice cream social or our work potluck that's no fun i like a good potluck i hate a work potluck oh no i'm not saying a work potluck i mean a, in general a good potluck i there is nothing i think i hate more to job you know aside from like but just like a thing that like we don't need to be doing this i hate work potluck i mean it depends on how good the food is next week is all pretty much potluck stuff because it's teacher appreciation week so i'm excited for that it's the week i don't have to worry about i save money on groceries because i don't have to buy lunch stuff because we get showered with food and presents work potlucks awful been to a lot of bad work potlucks what about work barbecues 
same thing. Like, I don't, I hate these things. Well, I mean, you worked for yourself for five years, so you're really shitting on your own cooking is what you're doing. <laughs> I swear to God, I think potlucks were part of why I went into business for myself. I'm like, I can't keep going to these. <laughs> I hate them so much. Well, considering the thing, the like the jobs that you had prior to the store, I can understand why those would be lackluster potlucks. But, yeah, I mean, this is, it's a classic for a reason. And it's, you know, I think it's stood the test of time and it does very much set up a um, kind of Batman dynamic with the rest of the Justice League that like clearly still exists to this day. With I mean, what we just read with Failsafe or um, Scott Snyder's uh, and Greg Capullo's Endgame, I, just off the top of my head. But well, there you go. I like this one. It, it's it's only three issues. It's nice. You're in. You're out. It was fun Complete as I read story. it. As I read it, I was like, I feel like this is like out of sequence to what I should be knowing, but I know where this is going. So I think like I was like, oh, this makes sense as to what happens coming up in Failsafe. I mean, that's just reading comics. Like no one starts at the very beginning and works their way up. Like not these days. Like no, no one's like, all right, we're starting with you know Action Comics number one, and you know I'll get there eventually. Just got to read through eighty years worth of stuff. That's not how this works now. Like people, yeah, no. you do kind of bounce around and yeah. fill in the dots and spaces in between. That is what happens. Yeah. So no, it was entertaining. Good read. I enjoyed it. Get after it. All right. Last section. I know, only one review. Crazy. I know. This feels like easy work this week. <laughs> Gotta move on to letters to the editors. Now for my favorite part of the show. What did I say? Talk to the audience. Oh, God, this is always death. Here's another one of your letters to the editors. Hey, if you want to uh, write your own questions in, you can. Editorsnotecomics at gmail.com. Ask whatever you feel like asking. Next week should be, because it's just Guardians next week. Yeah, true. I haven't, I've done, it wasn't an... It didn't start off intentionally, but now it's become intentional. I haven't, aside from the trailers, I haven't like watched a single clip. I haven't seen a single thing. Like I'm going into. There's this, a lot of stuff out there too. I'm going into this about as blind as you can. Good, I like that. Which is rare. I never do that. I think part of it is probably just burnout. <laughs> Not even though I'm, yeah. I'm excited about this movie, but it's like I can't spend all my waking time just well, like. Could be a little while <laughs> before we get some more anyway. So this is supposed to be the end. No, but I mean in general, Marvel movies. Oh no, the stuff that's already like. I guess I can explain that. So productions that are still like productions are still happening. Like some productions got shut down. Other productions are still going like because the scripts are written or even if it's an incomplete script or maybe just like a draft of something like it's enough that like the machine's moving. Oh, okay. So it's the the next one, the Marvels probably, because I think those are the ones that I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that, I mean that thing is shot and done. Like they're just going to be, they're in post-production now. So there's Depending on how long this goes, because that's what happened last time. It was the 2007 writer strike. You felt it faster on TV. Like 2008 was a bad year for TV because of this. But you didn't feel the movies until 2009, really. Oh, okay. Makes sense. All right. So if this is a lengthy process, we won't be, I mean, we won't get the, the effects for a while. All right. Based on what happened last time. Okay. What do we got? Okay. Anywho, question of the week. What DC character should get a Spider-Verse style movie? Ooh. I wrote down two and a half. And I never, I didn't get there fully as much as I wanted to. Okay. Because my thought for this was, okay, like we, we don't, I'm not trying to match it one for one necessarily, but I'm trying to think of something that would benefit from animation, which to be fair is like a lot of, maybe with the exception of like the street level characters, like, be pretty well there. Who has multiple versions of a character? And then I was, well, it's like, does it have to be alternate universe? Could it just be like, there's a bunch of these? And then I thought, okay, at the crux of it, though, like, ultimately, like, aside from the visuals and aside from whatever, it is, at the end of the day, a coming of age story. All right. So I'm like, all right, so I got to go with someone a little bit younger. And this is where I struggled on the DC side of things, um, trying to 
hit all those elements. I'm like, okay, but another part of this is like some of the celebration around Spider-Verse is um, around the diversity and expanding that. And that's where I, I kind of fell apart here because I'm like, well, the quickest example I could think of that would be like uh, Blue Beetle. There's, But there's like, well, there's really only like three versions of them within the main universe. And then like how many alternate Blue Beetles are there? And I, I couldn't really think of anything. So I'm like, that doesn't, I'm not really getting what I want out of that. Okay. All right. So I have kind of like two and a half options. All right. What do you got? Uh, I got Kyle Rayner, Green Lantern, the Green Lantern who was just in the book we were doing for Tower of Babel because then, I mean, the power ring is basically limitless. So whatever you do in animation, you can have some fun there, like make it big and wild and maybe like even exaggerated. Like I feel like son of a bitch live action. You can do a bit, but I feel like animation, you can go a little bit bigger and make it work. You still get like the young up and comer. Um, and while I know it's not like hitting like the same as much of diversity as like Miles Morales, and you could uh, like, you could have like um, John Stewart play a, a large role in there, like maybe even like the Peter B. Parker role, mm-hmm. and then I mean you still have other ones like um, Hal Jordan and Guy Gardner, plus the whole core. Plus you can go to I mean and all the lanterns, like every color of the rainbow has a lantern core, so you have a wide variety there. And I mean DC does have a bunch of different universes, so you could still pop around in that way. So Kyle Rayner was my first thought. I was just going to do like a generic Green Lantern. I didn't know like specific. He's, that was going to be my answer. You he, son of a bitch. He's he's the youngest one. Okay. He, he's the 90s one mostly. And they don't really know to. I, mean, I haven't read Green Lantern in a couple of years now. Really since I closed the store. But, so I don't really know what he's doing right now. But I can All tell right. you they were struggling to find something for him to do. Okay. Um, and my other thought. And I was this kind of goes against one of the things I was saying. was like. But it kind of came more into the um, multiverse aspect of it. Originally I was thinking maybe Dick Grayson Nightwing. And my thought about that was, okay, like it's, he's street level, but you could go to all the different universes. You can go to, you know, where it's, you know, Batman is um, a vampire and like Nightwing's a vampire. Like everyone's a vampire or the world where it's like the 1800s or the one where, you know, Superman landed in Russia and the rest of the world reacting to that. Mm Mm-hmm. So, okay, you could, and I was also thinking because Batman, obviously, like, a long history has had so many different versions, you could literally get, like, oh, what does it look like in the 40s when it's, like, kind of the Dick Sprang, like, colorful, cartoony kind of characters. You could even, like, dip into something like the 60s with, like, an Adam West type in there or something. And, like, you have options of, like, the darker ones and the lighter ones. I thought if you were doing it through the eyes of Nightwing, you could, like, see all those different worlds and, like, do that. And then I thought, well, okay. Maybe taking that idea and spinning it off into Tim Drake, he could still have a lot of those um, similar kind of things and seeing like different Robins and different versions of Batman over the years and even future versions of himself. But then going back a couple of years now with making uh, Tim bisexual, that could maybe help with that. Like we also have a storyline that it's encom- encompassing diversity and also like further representation. Okay. So I, I was maybe leaning a little bit more towards Nightwing because I thought it'd be interesting to see like, you know, like a Batman and Robin, like throughout the ages. But could you also Tim do the same do thing with like Terry McGinnis? Yeah. I mean, even, yeah, you could have like him pop up like as a different one. And even with what this new Spider-Verse movie is doing with um the future Spider-Man 2099, that kind of falls into that same category of like future version of this. All right. Um, Those are kind of my thoughts. I was going to do a Green Lantern because I feel like you said the animation would lend itself to it. There've been multiple Green Lanterns, so you could get different ways about that, but. I really am not as well versed in the DC universe. I'm trying to like look at your wall and see like, oh, what do I know that I could speak to? This is just half the alphabet. Yeah, Sandman doesn't really make sense. Although I guess it could be kind of interesting, like different holders of the artifacts over time. Uh, yeah. Ooh, actually, maybe like, could you do like a like a Watchman? Maybe 
is that too dense of a universe? Like, who in that universe? Um, like a Doctor Manhattan oversees everything, and he's kind of the same between the different. I don't know. That was kind of Doomsday Clock, and that wasn't very good. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, there you go. Yeah, I, I, I can't speak to it. I, you took my legitimate answer of Green Lantern, but you had like a specific Green Lantern. I don't know. I know there's, there's like what, Hal Jordan. Yeah, or you, Hal. Or I was taking Hal. I was taking the you know coming of age or make it about Guy Gardner. Who we've talked about the biggest douchebag in DC Comics, who, who's known for Batman getting punched by Batman and having a bowl cut. Well, I mean that'll do it, I guess. Maybe have him learn some humility and teamwork through different versions. There we go. Oh, how about this? Let's flip the script on it. Let's like maybe like Joker, but like being evil in multiple universes. Like how, like trying to find a universe where he can actually beat Batman, or like finding out what that universe is like and like how he can maybe beat him. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, when I was thinking about the. I, when I say thinking, because I was basically just stealing an idea. Because if you look at like um like the Harley Quinn show, like that's a big like you could I don't know I could see doing something like that show doing that just because it's a fun weird bombastic world. But I mean they were already kind of doing fun weird and bombastic, so I'm mm. like that kind of feels like cheating. Yeah, I guess so. Well, there you go. I didn't really have anything because I don't know shit about DC. Just it's been like I feel like the last like eight shows have been about DC. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Green, give me, give me a, give me a green arrow. Why? I don't know. Why not? <laughs> All right, that's the show for this week. All right. Well, if you enjoy the show, go to editors. Oh, uh, wait a minute. Let's try that again. If you enjoy the show, go to Patreon.com/slash Editors Note Comics. A dollar a month gets you the show the day we record it. Plus, you get access to things behind the paywall, including there's a new episode of Buffy Backish. You've been hanging out back there soon, and not yet because the issue's not even out yet. Well, it's going to be if you you know aren't into that kind of thing. Plus, you also have access to Pod to the Dark Tower. Is episode three out yet? No, but we are inching closer. All right, I can't wait to say, yeah, episode three is out there. But episodes one and two of Pod to the Dark Tower are out there, and episode three apparently is about the gunman proper, so gunslinger proper. Just Yeah, it's the first book of the series. I was like, you know what? I'm going to reread this for the show. There you go. <laughs> so there we go. I, I read that book. That's all on patreon.com slash editorsnotecomics. Interact with us. Email us at editorsnotecomics at gmail.com. Rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. And you can find Zach on Twitter. Just look up editorsnotecomics. Yeah, that's there. Yep. And you're there doing something. At Junior Rich. Who knows what. Next week, like I said, Guardians is out next week, so we will be back for that. Can't wait. See ya.